0: Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ.
1: And the title for today is Good News for Grinches. Good News for Grinches. And speaking of Grinches, I just want to start off with a little video clip for you. A couple minutes here, so.
0: To the who's, he was grinchily humming. They're finding out now that no Christmas is coming. They're just waking up. I know just what they'll do. Their mouths will hang open a minute or two. Then the who's down in Whoville will all cry, boo-hoo. That's a noise, grinned the Grinch, that I simply. Yeah. He paused, and the Grinch put a hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising over the snow. It started in low, then it started to grow. This, this sound wasn't sad. What? This sound sounded glad. Every who down in Whoville, the tall and the small, was singing. Without any presence at all. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same, and the Grinch with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. He puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. to the...
1: Sorry, if you want to see the rest, you're going to have to get the DVD, you know, or get it on TV, right? So... uh we all know what happens next. Hopefully you know what happens next. His heart grows a couple sizes, and he saves the sleigh, and he turns out he loves Christmas, and he loves people, and he changes. The Grinch changes. And that's what Christmas is all about, that God can change anyone. God can change anyone. Uh, Christmas specials are all about that, right? And so God can change anyone. Christmas specials, uh, there's, that's always the point of a Christmas special, right? Rudolph, who changed? Who turned good? Yeah, the, yes, the abominable snow monster, thank you, yes, the snow monster. How about uh, Santa uh, Claus is coming to town? I heard it, I heard it. The winter warlock, right? The winter warlock turned good, uh, you know, his icy heart melted. The drummer boy, what, who changed? The drummer boy, yes, the drummer boy. Uh, uh, a Christmas Carol, who turned good? Scrooge, right, Scrooge, he turned good, the classic one. How about, how about a veggie Christmas? Veggie Tale Christmas. <laughs> I heard a lot of everybody. Mr. Nezer. Remember Mr. Nezer turned good. Did I get that right? All right, anyway. The, the, the mean guy in, in uh, the Veggie Tale Christmas. And, and that, that's what Christmas is all about. That's what, why Jesus was born on Christmas. He came to transform us because we're all Grinches, right? We all, every one of us is a Grinch before we're touched by the love of Jesus Christ. We're all Grinches apart from God's grace. Every one of us is that Grinch. Every one of us is Ebenezer Scrooge. Every one of us is a monster apart from the grace of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the, this Christmas Eve. We thank you for the beautiful worship reminding our hearts of the birth of your son, Jesus. We just pray now as we look at your word that your word would touch us. We pray for your mercy and grace for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so... We have been going through the book of Joshua. We've been starting that. We're in chapter 2, and we found a very interesting Christmas connection in chapter 2. Remember which one it was? Who was it? I hinted Rahab. We're talking about Rahab. If you weren't here last week, uh, go on the podcast or grab a CD or the YouTube there. But uh, I'm going to connect the dots here. Let's go to Matthew chapter 1 where we find the Christmas story. And we find Jesus' birth. Then in chapter 2 we find the wise men. And it all starts off in chapter 1 in the book of Matthew with the genealogy of the Messiah. Tracing the genealogy of the Messiah, who is Jesus, God's son. And what a genealogy it is. I bet nobody here has a genealogy like this. In fact, let's look at verse 5. Chapter 1, verse 5. It says, Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Rahab. So we find Rahab. We saw in Joshua that Rahab was a what? prostitute, Rahab the prostitute, in Hebrews 11.31, which is the hall of faith, the hall of faith in Hebrews 11.31, she's called Rahab the prostitute, still called that, although she had repented and she had changed, as we saw last time in the book of Joshua. But we find this often in God's word. Even though somebody has repented and changed, there's still that label on top of them, but not for a negative reason, it's a positive. Simon the leper. Simon the leper, but he wasn't a leper anymore, he was healed, wasn't he? How about one of the apostles, Simon the zealot? You know what zealot means? He was a terrorist, Simon the terrorist, but but he kept that label. Why? The same reason that it was a badge of honor, because it was a badge of honor of God's mercy and grace. It's a reminder. It's not something they fought against. God, The the Holy Spirit put it in God's word on purpose because it was a, a, a badge of honor. The same goes for today. I was uh, One time I heard a speaker speaking uh, at a Christian event, and his name was Anjo the Headhunter. He actually had a book, Anjo the Headhunter. He wasn't a headhunter anymore, but he came from a tribe that was all headhunters, but they had repented, and the entire tribe had become Christians. Very, very moving story. But he still called himself Anjo the Headhunter. Why? Because it was a badge of God's mercy and grace. That's what it was, and it's the same for us. And what a genealogy this is. You want proof that this is God's word, that this is inspired by the Holy Spirit? This is it. Who would brag about this genealogy? Wait till we look at a few of these things. There's no human being that would write this kind of genealogy. It has to be God writing this thing, right? In fact, look at verse 3. Judah, the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Anybody remember the story of Tamar? Tainted Tamar. She imitated a prostitute to try to get some son, a, a son, and she ended up with twin sons through Judah, right? Wild story, but it would be quite a soap opera there. But Jesus is from that tribe of, of from, from Tamar, from the tribe of Judah. Verse 5, back to verse 5, uh, where he says, whose mother was Rahab, um, let's see, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Ruth? Not just Rahab, but also Ruth. Ruth was a Gentile. She was from the, from where? What country? Moab. She was a Moabite. They were the hated enemies of Israel. Hated, hated, hated. Arch enemies. It was like Romeo and Juliet, the story here. So quite a love story and a crazy love story. But that's all, she's also in the line of Jesus. And then, Um, then in verse six, here's another one. Let's see here. And Jesse, the father of King David, David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Who's he talking about? Bathsheba, listed there, Uriah's wife. Bathsheba, the adulteress, and David, the adulterer. This read, this, this genealogy reads like the bad girls of the Bible, right? You know, some of you have read that book. It's a great book. Why would God Why would the Holy Spirit include in God's word this genealogy? Why? Because God's specialty, this is an encouragement to us, this gives us hope. God's specialty is bringing good out of bad. You feel like you're messed up, you feel like you've been a failure, you feel like you're really goofed up, you're in good company. Read the genealogy of Jesus Christ. You're in good company because the whole church, we're all broken like this, right? It gives us hope that God can change us. If God can change these ladies, God can change us too. It gives us hope. And if God can use, now get this, if God can change them, he can change us. If he can use them, he can still use us. To achieve his purpose in and through us. If God can bring his son Jesus Christ through this genealogy, God can reach others for Jesus Christ through us. Right? It gives us hope. And there's more. There's the rest of the story. This, this is going to get a little wilder here, right? There's more. Verse 5. Let me read it again. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse. Now, here's the deal. Rahab married Salmon. She, he married Salmon. Salmon was a prince of Judah. He was from a noble line. He's in the lineage of, of the royal lineage here. And was, and also, I wonder, was he one of the, the two spies? Was he one of the two spies that went in and hid in Rahab's house? I have a feeling he was. The Bible doesn't talk about it, but I have a feeling maybe he was one of those, it's one of those romantic spy thrillers right here. But maybe, maybe. We're not sure, but, but somehow he connected with, with Rahab then. Uh, And then Rahab had a son named Boaz. And Boaz married Ruth. Very, very touching love story. One of the great love stories of all time in any kind of literature. Uh, Beautiful, beautiful picture of Jesus Christ. uh, Boaz, Jesus Christ, kinsman, redeemer. Beautiful, beautiful story. But here's the thing. Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, was willing to marry Ruth, who was a poor Moabite. When, when the rest of the, Naomi's kinsmen, the mother-in-law of Naomi's kinsmen, wanted nothing to do with Ruth because she was worthless, that worthless Ruth, but Boaz knew that she was not worthless. She was priceless. Priceless. He saw that. And he had learned something from his mother, Rahab the prostitute. Can you imagine what it was like growing up? <laughs> hey, Boaz, how's your mom doing? You know, Rahab the prostitute. He learned something from his mother. He learned to look past someone's past. He learned to look past someone's past. He learned mercy from his mom, Rahab. And what we're all called to do, aren't we? We're all called to be merciful. We're all called to look past someone's past. Look past someone's present And see the potential in Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. To see the potential, someone's potential in Jesus Christ. And and I I pray that that's what our church is about. I know it's what it's been about. Wait till we hear testimonies next week. Every time we have testimony time, it's so moving to hear about God's mercy and grace. But we have to have eyes of mercy and look past someone's past, present, and look to their potential in Jesus Christ. And then look at verses 5 and 6 again. There's more. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, on and on. And so we see that Ruth becomes the grandmother of King David. And even more stunning, her ultimate descendant, verse 16, go down to verse 16. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Wow. Wow. Wow! Even more, even more amazing. It's amazing, isn't it? This genealogy that we're reading here: Tamar, tainted Tamar; Rahab, the prostitute; Ruth, that evil Gentile Moabite; uh, Bathsheba, the adulteress. <laughs> Where's Sarah? Where's Rebecca? They're not in the genealogy. Sarah and Rebecca and all the you know the, the respectable women. No, we know they're in the genealogy, but the point is the Holy Spirit didn't name them. He named all the bad girls of the Bible. That's what he did. It, that's who he, re, he records in his son's genealogy. Imagine you do a gene search. Some of you have probably done this, you know, the .com, and you, you'd search. And imagine that you find that you have all these presidents and, and kings in your genealogy. And, but instead of listening to them, when you tell everybody, listen to who I'm related to, you pick all the ex-cons. You just name ex-cons. You leave out all the the presidents and kings that were in your genealogy. That's what the Holy Spirit has done. Why would God do that? Why? Because God is sending us a very clear message. God can save anyone. God can change anyone. God can use anyone. God can restore anyone. Anyone. No matter what we've done, no matter what mess we have made of our life, He can bring good out of the bad if we will surrender our lives. If we will surrender to him, he will bring good out of it no matter what we've done. And if you missed last week, get the CD or go on the podcast. You know that God can change anyone. We really focused on that in the scripture. But this is a reminder again that He, can, he no matter what we've done, he can bring good out of bad. Romans eight twenty eight of the great promise of scripture. If you don't have this one memorized, memorize it and hang on to it. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called... According to His purpose. Some of your versions might say, we know that God works all things together for good. That's the idea. No matter what is going on in our life, if we will surrender our lives to Him, He will work it for good. God can take any mess and make something beautiful. God is the ultimate junk artist. He can take any junk and turn it into something beautiful. If we will surrender our lives to Him, He can bring good out of anything. A few years ago, I was listening to a... Dr. Dobson focused on the family, and he had a a guest speaker on a woman who was a guest speaker. And I'll never forget, it was just a powerful story, a lady who had been kidnapped. She had been kidnapped by this, this murderer rapist. This guy went around kidnapping and raping and murdering women. She was kidnapped by him. And she thought she was going to die, but she she was praying, and she decided to share Jesus Christ with this guy. And so she starts to talk to him about God and forgiveness and Christ. And and the crazy long story short, he she ends up leading him to Christ. He ends up praying with her to put her his her his faith in Christ, and he gave his life to Jesus. And then he let her go, and he went and turned himself into the police. He goes to court. He's convicted, he goes to prison, and he is executed. Executed for all the crimes he had committed. But you know what he did before he died? He led the warden to Christ. The warden, who had seen it all, all these jailhouse conversions that he didn't believe in, he was so touched by this man's transformation. Even though he was going to be executed, this incredible life that this man lived in prison. That he put his faith in Christ. God can use anyone. Change anyone. Achieve his purpose through anyone. And that's what Christmas is all about. It's hope that God can change us and use us, warts and all. No matter what we're like. Maybe you're here today. Maybe you're here today and you're lost. Like this man. This man who was kidnapping and killing and doing all kinds of terrible things. You may not have done that. But we're just as lost, every one of us, aren't we? apart from Christ, where just maybe you're lost. Maybe you're carrying the burden of sin, the, the wrongs that you've done. But like Rahab, like Rahab, you can be forgiven and transformed if you will surrender your life and put your faith in Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus was born on Christmas. For that very reason. John three sixteen. I hope you haven't memorized by now. For God so loved the world... That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God gave his only son to be born on Christmas and then to die on a cross for our sin to pay the price of our breaking God's holy law. For every wrong thing we've ever done, we can be forgiven and washed clean if we will believe on Jesus. The word believe doesn't mean just believe in your head. The word in Greek means to believe in your heart. It means to completely put your trust in what Jesus and what he did for us by dying on the cross and coming back from the dead to prove he was the son of God. We put our trust in him that he died in our place. He was our ransom. He was our substitute. He died in our place. And if we will, put our, if we will believe in and put our faith in him, God will forgive us. His Holy Spirit will come and live inside of us. And he will make us a brand new person. And he will transform us. It may take a lifetime of transformation. It will take a lifetime of transformation. But he will transform us and make us like his son Jesus Christ. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ. And if you've done that. Maybe you're a Christian. But maybe you're still ashamed. Of something that you're carrying from the past. Or the present. And you think. Well if only these people knew what I was really like. You know. They would not let me in the doors of this church. Don't listen to that lie. Everybody. Everybody. Can be forgiven. No matter if you did something. Driving here. No matter what, if you do something tomorrow, it doesn't matter. We can, After the initial asking forgiveness and being cleansed, we have to keep on asking for forgiveness. First John 1, 9 talks about how we can keep being forgiven and keep being cleansed because we're going to keep struggling and falling. But he says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's a daily time of coming before God and asking for forgiveness and being cleansed. Asking for his mercy and grace. We can be forgiven. We, and, and, and after that, because we're forgiven and daily cleansed, we wear our struggles as a badge of honor. We don't hide our struggles, but we, we wear them as a badge of honor. Rahab the prostitute. Simon the leper. Simon the zealot. We could go on and on, couldn't we? On our own lives. Wait till you here next week when we do our testimonies. Uh, uh, next week it's amazing. Maybe you're here and you're really discouraged. You're discouraged because of the spiritual walk, or you're discouraged about what has happened in your life. Maybe you feel useless, but listen to me. This proves, this genealogy proves that God can use anyone, including every one of us here. Right where we are, God can use us. To share the love of Jesus Christ, to bring other people to Jesus Christ. Often the people that often the people that we can reach best are the people that are from the same background as us, the people, with the same struggles that we have. That's who God uses us to touch. That's why God lets us go through these struggles. So that we can connect with people. Don't waste your struggles. Use God's mercy and grace to touch other people through what you're going through. Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, on this Christmas Eve, preparing for Christmas Day, how is God speaking to us? Maybe you're here and you're discouraged. Maybe you're really struggling with something. Rahab, this genealogy gives us hope. If God can work through her and in her, God can work through us and in us if we will surrender to Him. If we'll surrender to Him. We can give our lives as a present to him. Maybe we're a Christian, but we've been fighting and we've been hanging on to something and we have not surrendered. But yet, this could be a special, special Christmas if we'll surrender to him and let him use us and not be ashamed of our past or our present, but to use it as a badge of honor to God's mercy and grace. Say, God, use me with my struggles Use me. Transform me and help me to lead others to freedom in Jesus Christ. What is God calling us to surrender? To give us a present to him today? Maybe you're here today while we're all praying. Maybe you're here today and you've never taken the first step. The step of faith to give your life to Jesus Christ. To put your faith in him. That's the first step, to come to the cross and to say, God, I believe Jesus died on that cross for me. I put my faith in him. I repent of the sin in my life, the wrong in my life, everything that goes against your word and your will for me, I repent of that and ask you to forgive me. Forgive me because I'm putting my faith in Jesus and I'm going to follow him. If you have prayed that prayer of faith or if you do pray that prayer of faith, you have just received A gift. You've received the gift of eternal life. You never have to worry about your eternity again because you will be with God. But it doesn't start in heaven someday. The life starts now. You have just received the gift of life here. A brand new life in Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is in you now. And your life will never be the same. You have received that gift. Christmas will never be the same. Your life will never be the same. God's going to do something amazing in your life. I just want to encourage you to let someone know. Maybe you have a friend or family member here. Maybe you tell me on the way out or fill out the card or text, email. Let somebody know. Let me know. Let somebody know so that we can encourage you and be excited for you. Believe me, we will be. Father, I pray that every person here would receive the gift of life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Father, I pray that every person here would know that eternal life, would know real life in Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray that as we open every present tonight and tomorrow, that it would be a reminder to us, not just, oh, I got another present, but it would be a reminder, Lord, that you have given us a gift, your Son Jesus, and, and we can give the gift back to you, giving our life to you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.